0: Hello, welcome back, or this is the first time, we're delighted to have you along. Matthew Grant here, your host for the Instec Podcast. Now, we are back up in the air this week, finding out more about the world of satellite imagery and who's using it. If you're a regular listener with a good memory, you may recall we had Forbes McKenzie, founder and CEO of McKenzie Intelligence Services, or MIS, talking to me for episode 99 back in August 2020. Well, we're delighted of MIS as a corporate member and we've been following the team closely as it's built out the business and expanded beyond the original work it did with Lloyd's. This week, I'm helped out by Alice Medley, our research lead for climate and location, and we're talking to Dan Grimwood-Bird from MIS and Troy Stewart, CEO and president from MIS client and partner Brush Country Claims. Now, we get an update on how both companies are collaborating to help clients get access to faster, more accurate claims assessment with a particular focus on what happened after Hurricane Ian. I'm wrapping this up after completing our last live face-to-face event for the year last night, another lively evening session with well over 100 people in the audience. More evening events, dinners and workshops to follow in 2023, but we're giving our friends in insurance and technology some breathing space over December. Plenty more coming in the podcast, though, and reports and news, so keep an eye out for what we're up to at www.insdeck.co. Troy, Dan, great to have you on board. And we've got Ali joining us today as well. So this is very exciting. It's, I think it's the biggest podcast we have done. But just by way of introduction, McKenzie Intelligence Service, or MIS, we're going to be referring to Dan. You were founded back in 2011. I believe you've raised almost $2 million to date. And... You're providing event intelligence response, or event response intelligence, I should say, to the insurance market, including loss estimates to help insurers aggregate their exposure data and post claims loss analysis. You're processing satellite imagery and other data sources such as drones and on-the-ground good old human intelligence. And then you're providing that to your clients through your platform, Global Events Observer. And we're joined today by Troy, who's one of your recent clients from Brush country. And Dan, we'll come back to you in a minute and just make sure we haven't left anything critical off that. But I just want to start off with Troy. So Troy, great to have you joining us from Austin, Texas. I know you spent some time with Eloise Law. We'll come back to you in a minute. But for those that aren't familiar with Brush, perhaps useful to just get a few words of introduction about what you're doing.
1: So Brush was started in 1991 as kind of your traditional small independent adjusting firm in uh, South Texas. And so we handle primarily liability and cargo losses occurring at the Mexico-Texas border. And uh, in 1992, we got our start in catastrophe response with Hurricane Andrew and have since grown over the years to becoming a nationwide claims service provider for both specializing in both property and liability claims. And in 2018, we really kicked off building our proprietary claims management platform and suite of solutions. We really wanted to be able to drive efficiencies, communication, and transparency in the claims process.
0: Troy, it sounds like you're a a TPA or third-party administrator. People in claims, they all know exactly what that means. People who aren't in claims don't always know what it means. So just for the benefit of our non-claims Listener, could you just explain what that means in practice?
1: A third-party administrator is somebody that steps in to handle the entire claims process. We have the capability of going from first notice of loss or ethanol through settlement, right? check issuance, handling of supplements, really everything associated with the claims process.
0: And you mentioned ethanol in there, first notification of loss for those, again, that don't speak claims. We're going to be talking a bit about what you're doing with MIS in a minute, but just one other question for you, before we start chatting to Dan, you spent some time over in London in the Lloyd's lab. You were one of the ones that were fortunate enough to actually be able to do it on the ground. How did you find that experience coming in from Austin to spend some time in London working with the London market?
1: Yeah, so it was a real eye opener for us. We learned a tremendous amount, you know, to be immersed in the birthplace of insurance and learn from some folks that have just been ingrained in insurance and from all aspects you know, broker to uh, claims to say, you know, everything in between. I think we actually attended one of the first events that Insec held post-pandemic. And it was amazing how open dialogue folks were and how helpful they were to just impart knowledge, right? Uh, it's not something that we see as much in the States. A lot of folks are really closed lips about what they're working on and what they have going on, which I can understand and respect, but it's also super refreshing to be involved uh, with such an open and collaborative industry or or session.
0: No, it's great to hear. I mean, that's certainly a characteristic, i say, of the London market and that syndication of risk is that the yeah, collaboration is all at the heart of what a lot of people do. And I think that does translate into how, people build businesses and build out their own networks.
2: So Dan, lots of people in the London market are familiar with MIS and we're really happy to have your support as a corporate member. We interviewed Forbes back in 2020 for podcast episode 99. It would be great if you could talk a bit about what MIS is offering today.
3: So since you last spoke to Forbes, at that point, we just launched Global Events Observer. We just launched GEO, which is our platform. And since then, it's really been about improving listening to the market working with the market to understand what benefit they get from geo we've launched our insights product which maps damage assessments to the risk of our clients and just the good old-fashioned work of getting things faster and more accurate ultimately our goal our client's goal is to get those people insured back on their feet quicker
2: So you mentioned in there GEO, which I think stands for Global Events Observer. Does that mean that you can monitor events anywhere in the world?
3: It does. And over the past year, we've done events on six continents. We're only missing Antarctica, but in short, interest is relatively low on the continent. If a client had a research station there that got hit by a catastrophe, we'd be able to cover it.
2: Mm -hmm. So Hurricane Ian must have kept you busy Can you talk a bit about what work MIS does before a hurricane hits, as well as post-event, maybe using Hurricane Ian as an example?
3: Yeah, of course. So we were tracking Hurricane Ian before it was named. We were tracking it as it came off the coast of Africa. It became very clear that Ian was going to impact somewhere in the southern U.S., not really knowing where, really until a couple of days beforehand. But we were, as we received data from places like the National Hurricane Center, we were adding that information into geo and showing our clients what their potential exposure was based on the cone of uncertainty that the nhc had provided now ian actually rapidly intensified in the 24 hours before it made landfall but we had already got our intelligence collection plan in place and we had moved planes they were in south dakota we moved them sort of into Georgia to be closer to where the impact was going to be. So as soon as the storm had passed, we could start imaging. We were collecting data from gauges. We were collecting baseline population movement data. We were talking to all of our clients to make sure that we had the most up-to-date exposure within geo so that when the storm hit, we were ready to respond as quickly as possible. And once the storm had hit, we do a first pass that we call our exposure layer. That is a rapid assessment of the areas that have been impacted. That was done within 12 hours of Hurricane Ian. We then continued to collect data. We direct drone contractors to areas where there's likely to be high damage, where we need more high resolution imagery, and just aerial. We were working with all of our satellite providers to capture imagery for damage assessment, but also floods and surge, that the storm surge and the flooding was large in, in Hurricane Ian. And then we're mapping things like, in you know, the population movement, there was, as you'd expect, a very big drop in the amount of people in the area when the storm hit. But we were able to show in the days afterwards how people started moving back, where they started moving back. So as well as providing damage assessments on a property level, we're also providing information that can be used in BI claims.
2: Dan, you mentioned BI in there, which of course means business interruption. So you also mentioned flood and storm surge. So MIS provides insights whether damage was caused by floods or storms. How do you identify this and communicate that with your clients?
3: Yeah, we do specify whether both an area has been impacted by either wind, flood or or surge and down to the property level. We do that because we're looking, they're very different things. With wind, you obviously can't see wind, but you can see what has resulted from the wind. So we're looking at damage there on properties. With flood, it's much harder because we can't see inside the properties, but we can say there's an indication. So we know where the flood happened, and we can see whether there was any damage in the area as well. So we can say it's both damaged from wind and was flooded, so there's a high chance of flood damage inside the property. We can say there's no damage, but it was flooded. So again, we indicate that, or where there was no flooding with damage, we'll indicate that. You know, how we do it, we're using synthetic capture radar for floods We use an optical imagery for damage predominantly. We use things like social media feeds, gauges on the ground. And I guess the major advantage of MIS, because we're not a data provider, we're an intelligence provider. Our role is to take every piece of information available from whatever source to be able to put together the most complete picture that we can of an event.
2: So you're providing clients with estimates of damage. Have you done any work to see how these insights compare to actual losses?
3: Yeah, we have. We're pretty successful. I'd say we're always trying to get better. But we've done work looking at actual losses following what is, in essence, marking our own homework. In that sense, we do get claims information from a number of our clients. And I guess there's two points to this. So one is about the scale. Do we capture everything that has been impacted? And a lot of our clients are telling us that we're capturing 100% of the claims that they get within that. The second is whether our damage assessment relates to the amount of actual money paid. And there's a very strong correlation between our seven grades of damage, from no damage to completely destroyed, and the amount of money that is actually paid out.
0: These are coming through Geo, presumably. So does that integrate into your client systems? So it's a seamless workflow with the other things they're doing?
3: Our clients can go into Geo, which is a web portal, and see the information. They can download it from there, both in terms of shapefiles, but also where we host their data, which we do in in the vast majority of our clients, they can download their own impacted portfolio with our damage assessments, or they can take it via API.
0: And then you want to come back to a comment you made a bit earlier saying you're not a data provider, you're an intelligence provider. I know you do work with a number of third-party providers of data. Can you talk about either examples of who you work with? And it'd be also helpful to know how do you validate the data that you're bringing in from your third-party providers? Mm -hmm.
3: So, we work with satellite providers, optical, synthetic capture radar, thermal, and night view satellites. So, the big names you'd expect there people like Maxar and Planet. We have our own aerial imagery contracts. So, our major contract is with Fugro, one of the largest geospatial plus companies in the world. We have our own drone network of independent drone imagery providers. I guess where it becomes a little bit more difficult is if you're using something like social media. And just because there's a flood happening and someone posts a picture of a flood, it doesn't mean it's that flood or that area. So we have to give it the proper due diligence to corroborate it with other sources to make sure that they're not erroneous. A great example was in the quad-state tornado outbreak that happened last year. There was a lot of news reports coming out of a certain town said there was catastrophic damage. And we had no data to suggest that. So we deployed our drone contract network out to take high-resolution images, and they showed that there wasn't damage there, that the tornado hadn't touched down.
0: Yeah, I mean, one top tip, you'll know this, of course, but for anybody looking at the news after a major catastrophe is if the same image is being used again and again and again, like one image of a building has been collapsed or blown, then you tend to realise it's actually just one building, whereas every time you watch the news, you're seeing different images. It kind of gives you a sense that the damage has been pretty widespread.
2: And Troy, we've spoken a bit about Hurricane Ian and the response to it. Now that you're working with MIS, how will Brush's response to future events and hurricanes change?
1: Our partnership with GEO was based upon the premise that we can do so much better as it relates to catastrophe response. You know, there's a lot of opportunities for early communications going out to policyholders, well checks. There's some companies, there's some local U.S. companies that are starting to do some of those well checks, but then it kind of stops at that. And so we wanted to be able to kind of take it a little bit further, you know, do a well check, initiate ethanol or first notice loss, you know, as a result of what their exposure level uh, damage assessment is that we're receiving from uh, GEO. And then being able to personalize some of that messaging, you know, those folks that are impacted in a very severe nature, that messaging should look different than it does for somebody that may have been on the outskirts of the event. And so it's really working with our clients, working with GEO, working with MIS in gathering all this data and intelligence to be able to provide some actionable uh, services. That's what we really are focused on. We're taking the data that's received from MIS, we're running it through our models and putting out, we're working on predictive reserve modeling, communication and triage, and forward movement with a client, because we have so much opportunity to do better. We have so much better opportunity to set a strong foundation for the handling of that claim and build and promote trust.
0: Yeah, I guess to that point, Troy, I mean, it's the last point, build trust with the client or the customer. So the customer gets a better experience. But of course, the faster... The insurer can respond to the claim, or that third-party administrator. Often, you can reduce the loss, whether that's you know, rainfall coming because someone's roof's been ripped off, or mold, or fire. This is just a reducing the total loss is really significant in terms of that, that fast response. I did want to come back and talk about technology. You mentioned that briefly before. You have a claims management platform called Hubvia. We've sort of talked a little bit about in general terms, what you're doing. But it'd be useful to get a little bit more specific about what HubVue is and how people use it.
1: Sure. We actually started out building this as a proprietary you know, solution for our company. And Havia is started as a claims management platform and has evolved into kind of a full solution, right? So we have an application that our field adjusters can utilize to capture their overall inspection and scope, and all of that information is transferred to our claims management platform in real time. Likewise, we have an insured portal, which we call Hub Insight, that our policyholders can log into uh, to obtain information about their law to be able to track the progress of their claim and kind of think about, I don't know if this will resonate, but in the States, we have the Domino's U.S. Pizza Tracker. And so they're able to watch their claim, you know, kind of move through the progression of the life cycle, right? And to be able to engage with their uh, claims handler at any given point, right? And so, we really lifted our head last year and began to get some feedback from some of our carriers and partners about what we've built and realized that we were really on to something strong, a strong solution, because it brought all the stakeholders together. It's a very simple to use platform, and it bridges all the stakeholders in one area. We're working on now taking it to market, right? And so some very strategic partnerships with like MIS and some others. But the key and the goal is to not allow users of our platform to realize that they're using different applications, right? Because what's great is there's a lot of very niche insured tech solutions that can be phenomenal and their use cases are really, really strong, but it's tough when there's a plug and play on every one of those, right? And you have to maneuver between different applications or there's the technical aspect, there's the learning curve, there's a number of potential hurdles to jump over when that's the case. So we want everything fully integrated and working and functioning, within a single platform so that they can be more effective, more efficient in their handling.
0: I'm pretty sure you're the first person we've had in over 200 episodes where your company development has been inspired by a pizza. And I I love that idea of the Domino's pizza tracker that tells you where your pizza has got to. But you mentioned also in there uh, strategic relationships. And I know that the work you're doing at MIS is more than just a pure client relationship can you talk a bit about what strategic relationships mean what the work you're doing with dan and his colleagues
1: We feel like the partnership is allowing both companies to kind of take the industry and claims response to the next level, to where it should be. You know, an initial response to a catastrophe event should be well organized. It should be prompt and swift, and it should provide insights to folks early on rather than them kind of having to seek out those answers, right? There's nothing worse than a policyholder or a client having to reach out to pull or pry information about what are next steps. Uncertainty is something that can be detrimental to a claims process and unfortunately is far more prevalent than it should be in the process. And so we're really trying to work as partners to bridge that gap and to promote the trust and eliminate the uncertainty that exists
3: in a claims uh, response and handling. I guess one of the things that we've seen is it can be hard to, you know, here at MIS, we take data and we make it easier and we turn it into actionable intelligence. you actually taking that intelligence and turning it into action, turning it into something quantifiable and, and objective within an organization. Almost regardless of whether you're a small insurer or a large insurer, it comes with different challenges but it you know, equally large challenges. So by having the partnership, we can provide actionable intelligence and Troy and his team can provide the action on the intelligence to actually make the difference.
2: Dan, we've heard from Troy about how you're working together. Are there any other clients that you can speak about and how they're using MIS?
3: Our flagship, flagship client is Lloyds of London. Lloyds, we contract with directly for the benefit of the market. So all of the managing agents within Lloyds have access to geo. Certainly uh, outside of Lloyds, we work with Liberty Specialty Markets. We also work with Markel International, who are great clients and have taken the work that we've done within Lloyds and taking it outside into their non-Lloyds book. Those guys are, are using it for, you know, as we spoke about, their exposure management processes. They're, they're reserving their understanding, their internal stakeholder communications and their claims processes. I guess the outlier, if you like, is Yukahu, another company that's currently in the Lloyds lab, where we provide the parametric trigger for their Caribbean wind hurricane policy on wind triggers. And parametric is something we're doing more of and, and talking more and more about.
0: And then finally for you, Troy, as you look out there of what's happening in the claims landscape, it's felt like over the last few years of the funding that's gone into technology companies or insure tech, claims has been a little bit left behind. Is that still the case or are you starting to see more focus beyond the front end of underwriting and marketing and climate-related issues?
1: It really does seem that funding that attention is starting to shift to claims now. It's a shame when you see the front end and the onboarding and underwriting very streamlined and kind of tech-driven, and then all that kind of falls off through the claims handling. And so it's exciting to kind of see that transition and that focus to building that efficiency, to finding solutions that really aid in a valuable way to the claims process.
0: Oh, thanks. And then Dan, for you, just as we wrap up, we've covered a lot here for anyone listening, what should we leave them with as a final thought that encapsulates all the great things you're doing at MIS?
3: To put it as succinctly as I can, MIS is here to tell people what has been damaged by what and when anywhere across the world. And our partnership with Brush is able to take that to the next level.
0: And for anybody around the world who wants to learn a little bit more or see what you're doing, what's the best way to discover a more about MIS.
3: Best way is probably to reach out to get a, a demo. Very happy to show geo to anyone. Find me on LinkedIn where you can book a meeting on my profile or email me, Daniel at dot Intelligence.com.
0: Brilliant. Well Dan, Troy, Ali, been fascinating to get an update on what you're doing. Uh, Troy, if you're over in London, we'll get you back up on stage again. Uh, I'm sure everyone would be really keen to hear how things of brush country have been developing. And of course Dan with MIS, it's always really fascinating to look and see what's happening post event. So Thank you all very much, and look forward to seeing you all again in the not too distant future.
3: It's been a pleasure.
1: Thanks so much. Thank you.
0: That's it for today. We're closing early. Back next week.